Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. Thank you for once again coming back to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I'm your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got a, a curious little artifact. Let me pull this down off the shelf and uh, take a look at it. It may seem like a simple black bowl, but, but be warned, this is a black cauldron that swirls with the dalliance of vampires and monsters and creatures and werewolves and mummies alike. Yes, this cauldron of sugary chaos once satiated my appetite for horror, fantasy, science fiction, and beyond, mostly on Saturday mornings, this indeed is an artifact. This is my old breakfast bowl that contained all the horrors of the horror serials of the 70s and 80s. Our topic on today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Now, of course, the bowl I'm speaking of is actually my cereal bowl from when I was a youngster uh, back in the 70s. And I can't pinpoint when exactly in the 70s, but Blue Bonnet Butter came out with these uh, butter containers. They were a plastic butter container and they were shaped like a, a bowl. Uh, and they were like hardcore thick plastic and uh, a lot of women... Uh, my mother included, uh, my grandmother as well, because I remember her having these. But uh, they would, you know, once you used all the butter, you wash it out and you've got a perfect cereal bowl. And they came in all sorts of colors. A lot of the primary colors, blue, green, red, yellow, pink, orange. Uh, but we had one, it was black. And I ever since I was a little kid, have been drawn to black. I love Black has always been my favorite color since the time I can remember. Uh, watching old westerns growing up, I liked the guy in the black hat. Uh, when I was watching Bonanza, I liked Adam Cartwright because he had a black hat. When I was watching Big Valley, I liked Nick Barkley because he had a black hat. And uh, I mean, it was like a darker brown leather vest and leather gloves, but they changed those to black in later seasons of Big Valley when I was watching those in rerun. So uh, my cowboy fetish turned into, as a kid and loving the cowboys dressed in black, uh, changed into just loving black in general. And uh, I gravitated to that bowl. That became my bowl. And when my, we kind of, you know, I grew up and was moving away and I asked my mom if I could take that bowl and I took it with me and I've had it ever since. It's, it's a little worse for wear. Uh, the plastic is, is a little bit old. There's a uh, part on it where I melted it with a hot spoon or something. I don't know what happened there, but, uh, but I still like to, to break out that bowl on Saturday mornings and enjoy uh, some sugary breakfast cereal sometimes i'll eat a healthier cereal like some special k with the red berries and the yogurt uh but mostly it's cocoa pebbles and 
and things of that nature. Saturday mornings, there was nothing better than waking up as early as possible. Uh, you had to sit through some of the, the older cartoons, old episodes of Little Rascals and the Three Stooges. That was all good and well. Uh, you had old episodes of maybe Woody Woodpecker. I loved Woody Woodpecker. He was a, a smart ass, just like yours truly. But I wanted to get to the good stuff. All those science fiction and fantasy and action cartoons of the, the late 70s and uh, early to mid 80s. Uh, that was what you looked forward to as a child. And there was nothing better than waking up on Saturday morning and getting a big bowl of your favorite cereal, sitting down and feasting your eyes and your stomach and your soul on all that was Saturday morning cartoons. And the beauty of Saturday morning cartoons is the cereals were just as fanciful as the, the cartoons were. Of course, growing up, I, I loved, uh, you know, all the classics, the He-Man, the Joe, the G.I. Joes, the Transformers, uh, those sort of cartoons. But there were so many other uh, just amazing cartoons, the Herculoids uh, going way back into the 60s. Those were those were older uh, rerun cartoons that I didn't mind. Uh, Thundar, the Thundarian, uh, all kinds of different. I There, there are so many that I, I remember. um I remember the action figures they were based on. I remember the toys, but I can't remember the names. There were some with uh, these creatures with uh, wood, fire, and water, uh, heat-activated logos on their chests, and and these knights with logos on their chest. All sorts of just amazing uh, cartoons that a lot of them didn't last long, just like the toy lines didn't last long, but it really filled uh, a child's eye with wonderment as you were watching your Saturday morning cartoons. And like I said, the serials of that time were just as fanciful because uh, so many serials, I mean, there were a lot of great serials uh, that had kind of a horror theme and we're going to talk about those, but then, you know, there were a lot of movies out at the time and, they realized real quick that there was a lot of money to be had with parents spending their hard-earned money on, you know, merchandise, uh, you know, movie products, uh, whether it be action figures or Saturday morning cereal, breakfast cereal, if you will. And the 80s and late, you know, the 70s and 80s were, were a great time for that, Uh use of product placements and uh, use of uh, characters to, to help sell cereals. And in, in the 70s and 80s, you know, horror was, was starting to become big money. You know, it started in the 50s with all the, you know, the universal monsters uh, were such a big influence on, on somebody growing up through the 60s and 70s. And then you had... Coming into the 60s, you had some of the Hammer Horror. You had some of the uh, Ray Harryhausen stuff. Uh, and then going into you know the late 70s, you start getting into the slashers. And that really carried us a lot through the 80s. Um, and there was horror everywhere. And it was really a, a great time for horror growing up in the 70s and 80s. And that was really reflected in Saturday Morning Serial. Uh, maybe not even just Saturday morning, but cereals in, in general. And uh, one of my favorites growing up was 
Count Chocula. Of course, General Mills came out with Count Chocula and Frankenberry in 1971. And the the cereal was was good. Uh, of course, it started out. It had the the crispy. I don't know whether there it was corn or what wheat. Uh, I don't know what it was made of. All I know is it tasted good. But they were like little circles with crosses in them. I never understood what that was all about. Maybe for the cross for Dracula, uh, a little chocolate and strawberry uh, marshmallow bits, respectively. And then the later on, they changed them. The uh, the cereal, the crispy cereal bit changed to ghosts, and then the marshmallows changed uh, into the shapes of the characters, uh, Count Chocula and Frankenberry's faces. And then they started adding all other sorts of. They added ghost marshmallows, and they added bats and lightning bolts, and all sorts of other craziness. But. Uh, but the classic, the classic Count Chocula and, and Frankenberry were were just such a great representation of horror in a breakfast cereal. Of course, you had uh, James Ducas, uh, who did the voice of Count Chocula, and uh, kind of did the that you know stereotypical Bela Lugosi uh, Hungarian accent. Uh, of course, uh, the little thing I did not know until doing some research, Count Chocula actually has a a full name it's count alfred chocula so <laughs> i don't know whether he likes to go by al or fred but uh but count chocula yeah has a first name i never knew that uh and then of course you had frankenberry who was voiced by robert mcfadden uh who did the you know boris karloff sort of uh, imitation voice and uh, the the cartoon um commercials for these cereals were so great growing up because here you had these two uh knockoffs of movie monsters dracula and frankenstein and they're usually bickering over whose cereal is better and then some kids come along and scare the crap out of them and uh the the commercials went on like that for some time uh it wasn't until the addition of booberry in 1973 which i i gotta admit uh, growing up, I was a Count Chocula. I was a I was a chocolate cereal kind of guy. Uh, when it came to my pebbles, I wanted them cocoa, and when it came to my monster cereal, I wanted chocolate. I wanted Count Chocula. It wasn't until I got older that I learned to appreciate uh, Frankenberry. And uh, I'm actually uh, still a huge fan of both Frankenberry and Count Chocula. Sometimes when I when I have the opportunity to get both Frankenberry and Count Chocula, I will mix the two together in a bowl and do like a chocolate strawberry thing. <laughs> uh, I'm a glutton, folks. What can I say? But Booberry came along in 1973, and the uh, you know of course it was a blueberry flavor. Very similar and had the the crispy and the the marshmallow and I believe Robert McFadden also voiced Booberry in the cartoon uh, commercials, but that's where they kind of changed it to where uh, Count Dracula and Frankenberry are arguing over who's cereal better, and then Booberry comes along. Booberry is the one that's scary them. Uh, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what I don't always say that, but uh, but some people do say it. And, uh, and they had something that worked, a uh, commercial that worked. And uh, let's just nix the kids and bring in the ghosts. And that's, you know, that's a philosophy I, uh, I hold dear to me in life. Nix the kids, bring in the ghosts as a, uh, 
married man with no kids. Uh, my wife and I are, are quite, uh, well, she may not be so big on the ghost part. Uh, we're okay with not having kids, uh, but I would like more ghosts. She probably would not agree with that. Maybe more cats uh, would be something she would be more inclined to have. Or more DIY television shows. Uh, I'm not sure. We'll have to uh, do some re- get my crack research staff on that to to look that up. The Odds Bodkins uh, crack research staff. But uh, Boo Berry was uh, was a big hit, and uh, it continues to this day when they do release uh, the Count Jocula, Frankenberry, and Boo Berry. Now in '74, they si- decided, hey, you know what? We've we've worked with two Universal monsters. We've added a ghost. Why not bring in somebody else? Let's bring in a. I'm, I'm guessing he's a werewolf. He's a wolf. Uh, I'm I'm guessing it's a, a you know it's alluding to the Wolfman. Uh, but Fruit Brute came along in 1974. Of course, uh, fruit flavored uh, crisp cereal, fruit flavored marshmallows, and it it actually lasted a little bit longer than than I realized. Uh, they didn't discontinue Fruit Brute until 1982, uh, which I I really, I mean, I remember the Fruit Brute uh, commercials. I don't remember ever eating it. Now, Fruit Brute, uh, they did bring back, I can't remember when they brought it back in maybe the, the 90s. Uh, and they changed it instead of instead of a, a multi fruit flavor. They they went with like a cherry flavor. Uh and same with the the next, you know, they got rid of Fruit Brute in 82. And then coming up in 88, they came out with Fruity Mummy Yummy. Or Yummy Mummy. Fruity Yummy Mummy. Uh, of course, you know, <laughs> they've got all this fruit flavoring left over from Fruit Brute. Uh, let's try another universal monster, the Mummy. And uh, Yummy Mummy, one, I, I don't remember that one. Uh, of course, getting into 88 to 92, you know, that, that's my later teenage years. And I probably wasn't as, I probably wasn't as paying close as attention as I, I probably would have if I were younger as to the uh, cartoon serials. But uh, Yummy Mummy didn't last very long. It lasted longer than I thought as well. Uh, 88 to 92. Uh, they again tried to bring it back later with uh, like an orange cream flavor. But, uh, but yeah, those two, Fruit Brute and Fruity Yummy Mummy, neither one of them lasted very long. At least not to, to date. Like Count Chocula, Frankenberry, and Booberry, you can still find them on the shelves. Sometimes they only bring them out around Halloween time. Uh, I, I have to admit, I mean, as of late, I don't remember. I mean, every once in a while I get a hankering for some Count Chocula or some Frankenberry. And I don't think I've ever had a problem finding it on the store shelves. I hope, I pray to God, it's not old stock. But no, I, I, I think they're, they put it out quite regularly, uh, especially around Halloween time. A lot, of, uh, a lot of stores will run Count Chocula, Frankenberry, and Booberry. And uh, I posted a picture on the Odds Bodkins Curiosity Shop Facebook page with the classic uh, cereal box covers for those three, Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry. Uh, one of the cool things, though, if you get a chance to check it out, uh, maybe I'll find them and, and throw them in the comments of the uh, post for this. But uh, 
they had DC Comics in, I believe it was 2014. Do they had some of their artists do some renditions of the of Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry. I believe they even did uh, Fruit Brute and uh, Yummy Mummy. Uh, did some some cooler, more comic book renditions uh, of these characters that were kind of cool. And if you are still a fan, they are celebrating 50 years. Uh, it's been 50 years since Count Chocula and Frankenberry came out, so they're doing a, a big promotion, a Monster Mash promotion. I believe I've posted about this on the Facebook page, but <laughs> what they're doing is they're mixing all those cereals, Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry, Fruit Brute, the Fruity Yummy Mummy, mixing all those cereals into one box. So you're getting chocolate, you're getting strawberry, blueberry, the mixture of fruit from Fruit Brute and Yummy Mummy, and uh, putting it all in one box and calling it Monster Mash to celebrate 50 years of uh, you know these monster cereals with General Mills. And they even did kind of a promotion where they're... Uh, almost like a behind the musics video and i believe i posted that on the facebook page so check that out uh or go to youtube and and find it but kind of a behind the music about them making a rendition of the monster mash uh as a band and it, it's it's actually quite entertaining but that was one of the that was the, one of the glorious things about uh you know breakfast cereal in the 80s uh, 70s and 80s because you know these started in early 70s and uh, carried through to today with with some of these flavors that you know it was cool to be able to take something I loved as a kid and, and that's horror and fantasy and sci-fi and uh, the weird and the odd and and the creepy you know even though the the cartoon uh, commercials were were fun uh you know just it, it did have a slight creepiness about it you know dracula and frankenstein trying to sell me cereal <laughs> it just uh it, it, you know for a kid that grew up loving that sort of stuff to be able to have a cereal that reflected the things i liked the bizarre the macabre the the slightly scary uh was always cool and and that trend really continued through the 80s because you had a lot of cereal that was maybe it didn't last a long time but it was brought in as to help promote movies uh movie merchandising was big business uh they realized in the 80s i i think star wars really kind of uh made people realize that because uh, you know the, the way the story go goes george lucas uh, retained all the rights because they weren't sure if the movie was going, Star Wars was going to do anything. So he retained all the merchandising rights or, or something along that line. And of course, Star Wars action figures and and all of that became big business. And that's you know he made a, a ton of money out of that. And people saw that other other movie franchise you know or potential movie franchises saw that and saw that hey you know what we can sell uh, action figures. We can sell breakfast cereals. We can sell pajamas and, you know, bedsheet sets with our characters slapped all over them. And uh, and cereal was no different. And I remember uh, I was a huge fan of Gremlins. Gremlins is, to me, one of those kind of perfect movies because it, it encapsulates so many different genres. I mean, it's, it's a horror movie. For all intents and purposes, it's a horror movie. Uh, it, you've got 
these creatures uh, wreaking havoc over this small town. It's a Christmas movie because it does take place over Christmas. And it's not one of those movies where it's just vaguely Christmas. I mean, it's, it's very much a Christmas movie. Uh, you've got Christmas front and center in every aspect of it. Gizmo is a Christmas present uh, to Peter. Uh, it, it's also... Uh, a slight comedy because there's a lot of funny incidents in this that, uh, and I, I'm not a ma- fan of mixing humor and horror because uh, sometimes it can be done so, so wrong and so horribly. Uh, but this is one of those movies where the, the, the horror of it isn't diminished by the little bits of comedy you get in there. Uh, I mean, the one scene where the, uh, I can't remember the old lady's name, but she's the one that uh, gets shot out the top of her house from the uh, little chairlift. But uh, she looks outside and she sees those gremlins out there Christmas caroling. And it's it's a funny scene. But by God, as a kid, the thought of looking out my window and this picturesque snowy winter Christmassy scene, lights and everything, and then to see these little creatures uh, out on your lawn mocking uh, humanity, mocking the holiday, mocking mocking you and, and everything you hold dear, uh, and knowing that they're probably going to kill you. <laughs> that, was, that was frightening. The thought of it right now is frightening to me. And uh, I, I love gremlins and it was such a huge fit and gremlins too that's that's a different story and word on the street is they are going to do another sequel to gremlins i'm really kind of excited about the prospect of that uh they kind of uh i think they were testing the water with was the mountain dew commercial that came out during what was it was that the super bowl with uh peter and gizmo but zach galligan uh I would love to see him come back and an older gizmo. And it's the, the prospect is, is great. And of course we may get another uh, great cereal out of it because uh, gremlin cereal made its debut in 1984. And uh, I, I was, I, I liked it as a kid, uh, but I think it was more the novelty of the fact that it was gremlins because uh, I'm not a big fan on the corn puffy, sweetened corn puffy cereal. I mean, Gremlins, let's let's be quite honest. Um, gremlins were essentially uh, Captain Crunch just shaped like a little mogwai or gremlin. I'm not even sure exactly what it was supposed to be shaped as. But um, looking back, the cereal wasn't that great. But as a kid, I loved it. It, it was Gremlins. You got stickers when you bought a box of Gremlins cereal. And they had uh, a lot of really cool promotions. Like uh, the the coolest promotion, I think, is the fact that you could send in two proofs of purchase in 95 and get a plush doll, which I had my mom do. And uh, I've, I've still got that doll to this day. Wait a minute, I take that back. Uh, I just moved in uh, to our new place, and uh, I think I may have got, I think I may have gotten rid of it in the move. But I had my plush Gizmo doll that it squeaked when you shook it. I had that doll for for the better part of thirty years now, over thirty years now. So, but but that was cool, you know. You got cool prizes in 
in cereals and you had the opportunity to send in box tops or proofs of purchase or what have you and get cool prizes. Now, unfortunately, uh, Gremlin cereal had a short shelf life because uh, it was discontinued right after the movie left theaters. So I don't even know as if it lasted a year, but while Gremlin's the cereal lasted. It was uh, it was a glorious time because, like I said, you got free Gremlin stickers. And I remember uh, seeing uh, I had the Gremlin sticker where Gizmo's driving around in the remote control car, which uh, probably went on my toy box or or Trapper Keeper or what have you. Now speaking of uh, iconic movies, now Gremlins is an iconic movie, I think, but they very rarely get more iconic than E.T. And E.T. of course. Uh, Steven Spielberg, just like Gremlins, he had a hand in Gremlins, he had a hand in E.T., and uh, there was a serial for both. And E.T., the serial actually came out in 1984 as well, same year as Gremlins. It lasted a little longer, I believe. The uh, E.T. serial lasted through 86, and now E.T. serial, I've got to admit, this was good cereal. Uh, this is a cereal that I would eat today. And and I kind of I kind of do in a roundabout way, and we'll we'll kind of get to that. But ET cereal was a chocolate and peanut butter cereal. Uh, they, it was shaped in E's and T's, and of course it was a uh, play off the Reese's Pieces that ET loves, uh, chocolate and peanut butter in the movie. And I was watching the video. Uh, there's a very cool YouTube video, and I'll mention this again. Uh, at the end of the podcast, but uh, there's this YouTube channel called Serial Time TV, and this cat Gabe, he uh, talks about all sorts of cereals, uh, cereals going back to you know the um, 70s at the very. You know, I watched uh, videos of him talking about uh, Count Chocula and Frankenberry and all those cereals. I, I'm sure he probably even goes uh, later than that uh, up till cereals of today. And talks about cereals of all types. And it's a very cool um, video series that he got. He's got, and I encourage everyone to check it out. But uh, I remember he was telling a story about how uh, they were actually going to use M and M's in the movie. Spielberg wanted to use M and M's, and they didn't want to. Uh, they didn't want the product placement. Uh, M and M's wasn't uh, wasn't on board with it, uh, so they went to Hershey's, and we're going to use Hershey's Kisses. Uh, but the Hershey's folks said uh, that, "Hey, we've got this new candy that you know we'd kind of like to give a boost to sales," and it was Reese's Pieces. And of course, the rest is movie history. And I remember at the time when ET came out, every kid wanted some Reese's Pieces. Uh, I mean, I was an M M&M and M kid, and I, I had to have I had to switch to Reese's Pieces because you know ET likes them, and uh, and that was a great tie-in to the cereal, making it a chocolate and peanut butter cereal. It, it was now they have Reese's peanut butter puffs, which is probably one of my favorite cereals. Yeah, I'm that grown ass adult that uh, still likes his sweet sugary cereals, uh, especially on Saturday morning. When I'm watching the uh, Kevin Smith version of He-Man's uh, Masters of the Universe on Netflix, but uh, but Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs, uh, this was like Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs before Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs, uh, with the chocolate and the peanut butter. And uh, every time I eat a bowl of Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs, I'm thinking about uh, those glory days there in the mid '80s when uh, I was eating 
you know, chocolate and peanut butter, E's and T's with E.T. cereal. And uh, the that was another one where they did a lot of really cool uh, advertising tie-ins. I mean, there was, uh, I believe, I don't know if they did stickers with that or not. I know there was a, um, a deal where you could send in for a record, like a, I can't remember, it, was a, it must have been like a 45 or something like that. And it had Michael Jackson telling the story of E.T. And I remember hearing it. I never got it. Uh, but I remember listening to it. One of my friends had it. And my, Michael Jackson goes for it on that recording. It's I was like, geez, tone it down, Mike. But at any rate, a lot of cool promotions and, and tie-ins were, were all a part of you know these serials that were based on on movies and uh, and that was that was the cool thing is like you know all these movies uh you know were science fiction they were you know quasi horror movies and and I loved that and to have like I said to have that represented in a serial for me as a kid growing up who loved that sort of thing just kind of validated that hey you know what maybe I'm not such a weirdo maybe <laughs> maybe it is cool that uh, I like Star Wars and I like Gremlins and I like you know monsters and I like uh, you know spooky things and I like you know fantastical science things and I like Lord of the Rings books before the movies came out. Uh, and, and another one of those movies that kind of blurred the line between horror and comedy, much like the Gremlins, uh, was Ghostbusters. Now, Ghostbusters serial came out in 85. Um, it, like, the, like I said, this, this time between 84 uh, and 86 was a, a fantastic time for movie serial. And, and a lot of these movies were movies, science fiction and horror, you know, kind of genres i i wouldn't call any of these horror movies i wouldn't call gremlins or et or, or ghostbusters horror movies but they had those horror elements in them and ghostbusters was a perfect example i mean there's some there's some scary stuff that library scene at the beginning when that uh that female ghost turns into the banshee looking thing and comes at them that was some scary stuff as a kid and uh and of course ghostbusters serial uh, was a serial that I was quite fond of. It was it was kind of akin, you know, when when you're talking about serials in the 70s and 80s, uh, most all of them were some sort of wheat or corn puff, or some sort of you know wheat cereal with a marshmallow. <laughs> the Ghostbuster cereal was not different. This is the shapes and the colors and maybe the flavors. Uh, sometimes there was a, line, a very thin line blurring the flavors, but uh, they were they were fruit flavored like Buster logos, the circle with the slash to it. I always call that the Buster symbol. Uh, and then they had marshmallow ghosts. And there again, this was another one of those cereals that had a lot of cool sendaways. They did a lot of interesting promotional uh, gimmicks, like glow in the bark, bo- glow in the dark boxes. Um, they ended up coming out with uh, cereal later. They, they, you know, were really uh, pushing the real Ghostbusters cartoon, uh, and Slimer became a, a huge hit in that. Uh, he wasn't. He was just kind of a, a background ghost character, but he had that memorable scene with Bill Murray. <laughs> he slimed me, uh, and. And then during the cartoon, the real Ghostbusters, Slimer became a part of the team and a good guy. And 
and uh, became more of a star character. And then they started basing the cereal, making Slimer more prominent on the cereal boxes. And I believe they had like some marshmallow Slimers in later iterations of the uh, the Ghostbusters cereal. And then, of course, Ghostbusters 2 came out and then they had a Ghostbusters 2 cereal, which uh, was, was pretty much a, a lot of the same thing. But uh, Ghostbusters was another one of those movies that uh, blurred the lines between horror and comedy and did it right. You'll hear me gripe and complain a lot about uh, horror and comedy being mixed in in the worst possible ways. And I will call that out every time I have the opportunity to. But I also have to call out when it's done right. And and this is one of those movies where I, I think Ghostbusters is more billed as a comedy. But like I said, it does have some of those horror elements. Uh, you know, some of the ghosts and uh, ghost characters that they they have throughout this this movie are, are frightening looking. I mean, the 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 design on some of the ghosts was just scary stuff. And if they would have toned down the comedy and amped up the suspense and the horror, uh, Ghostbusters could have easily been uh, a horror. But at the very least, it's science fiction and just all the things that I love. And to get a good laugh out of it while you're being scared or being mesmerized and, uh, you know, by by all the, the science fiction fun, that's that's a great recipe for a great movie. And it was. And, you know, you got fruit crunch and marshmallows. That's a recipe for a great cereal in my book. And, and then, of course, you get no bigger than Star Wars in the, the late 70s uh, and early 80s through through essentially the 80s. And then it had a rebound in the 90s. And then it had another rebound when the prequels came out. And it just, it, Star Wars has been in the lexicon uh, uh, of everyone for, for what seems like forever since the, the first movie came out in 77. And Star Wars is one of those things. I'm surprised they didn't have a serial sooner. Uh, with all the marketing George Lucas did. But in 1984, C-3PO's hit the store shelves. And there again, it lasted a little longer than most. Probably uh, lasted through um, uh, 86. It came out like the year after Return of the Jedi. Lasted from 84 to 86. So a, a couple years. Um, they were they were kind, kind of like the uh, honey-sweetened... Oat Crunch cereal. Uh, it it looked like a figure eight, which I always chalked up. I don't know as if I've ever heard it explained as to what it was supposed to represent. I always thought, to this day, as a kid, I thought this, and to this day, I still think it represents C-3PO's eyes because he has those two big round eyes, and the figure eight looks like two circles side by side, like two big C-3PO eyes. And I don't know if that's what they were going for, but uh, <laughs> but that's that's what I took it as. And there again, I had this cereal, but I wasn't big on just the plain like honey flavored oat crunch uh, cereals. I wanted chocolate. I wanted marshmallows. I wanted doodly boppers and thingamabobs and and whatnot in my cereal. So I wasn't big on this, which is shocking because I. You know, looking back on myself as a kid, I probably would have got this just for the stuff you could get in a box of C-3PO because they had Star Wars uh, trading cards in there. And then some of the later boxes, probably 
probably later in the run, probably closer to 86, they had masks, masks on the back, like Luke and C-3PO and Chewbacca and Yoda and, and Darth Vader. I can't remember if they had any other masks, but, uh, but I would have been all about that. But but then again, you know, 86, I was probably hitting like 13 years old. So I, maybe maybe I wasn't as as into that as I would have been, you know, uh, a couple years earlier. But, you know, C-3PO's, even though they ended in 86, they did go on, uh, like I said, uh, watching that serial time. is really cool and really informative about all these serials. And, and he was talking about how, uh, you remember that serial... Uh, Pro grain from a tease woman that in the late 80s, early 90s, something like that. Maybe I'm remembering that wrong, but it was essentially the same cereal. They just rebranded it, repackaged it, and uh, and went with something else. But uh, uh, C3PO's did have a uh, a little more life after the fact, just branded as something else. And then we're going to wrap things up. With a cereal I never ate. Uh, I remember the cereal uh, vaguely, um, but I don't remember. I remember the commercials, and the commercials were were odd. <laughs> and the cereal was probably just as odd. Uh, they were called Freakies. Uh, they came out in 1973. Uh, it was Ralston's like first foray into like the. Um, ready to eat cold cereals and freakies was about these these seven monsters and there was boss moss and he was kind of dark green bossy and kind of had that john wayne voice there was snorkeldorf which was blue these names are are just gold but snorkeldorf uh, I'm pretty sure I've called somebody a snorkel dwarf, dwarf at, at one point or another, but he's blue, kind of confident, vain. He has a, a trunk like a horn. Um, I wonder if the snorkels, uh, this well, no, that was the snorks, uh, that cartoon from back in the uh, the 80s, but no, uh, probably didn't, probably no connection there. Uh, there was Ham Hose, uh, which was a light brown, kind of shy character, preferred to be alone. And there was Grumble, the orange, cranky, grumpy, old man type of character. That was Cow Mumble, uh, a light green, positive, uh, soft-spoken, almost uh, demure uh, type character. There was Gargle, the purple, intelligent, snooty, uh, you know, British accent. Uh, British accents always <laughs> conveyed some sort of air of... Uh, aristocracy and f- class and refinement uh, in the 80s. It still does today. I love British accents. So uh, that that to me sounds refined. If you've got a British accent, uh, it may be a stereotype, but I'm probably, unless it's like some uh, Cockney accent, then that's not so refined. But at any rate, uh, Gargle was that character. And then Goody Goody was the pink uh, kind of butt kisser to Boss Moss. And you had these characters. And the, the commercials, there was, I don't know, like nine, ten of them. And they all kind of told this story of these these characters coming to this tree, which became their home, uh, these monsters. And the cereal, um, from what I understand, didn't seem that good. Like I said, I, I never tried it. But it was kind of a, a crunchy, um, like oval-shaped, uh, I'm, I'm guessing probably some kind of wheat, uh, sweetened wheat cereal. 
Uh, like I said, I never tried Freakies. Uh, I vaguely remember the commercials f- from when I was a kid, and uh, they were they were odd. They the animation kind of looked like a cross between like a Ralph Bakshi uh, cartoon and uh, the animation in Heavy Metal, only without the rotoscoping. That's it was it was kind of odd and bizarre. I probably. I think Freakies probably would have been uh, an appropriate name, given the what the commercials looked like. And you can find some of those commercials on uh, on YouTube. A lot of these serials, you can find the commercials on YouTube. Or, or like I said, check out uh, uh, Serial Time TV on YouTube. Uh, Gabe, uh, the guy that does that, uh, talks about a, a lot of these Um most of these serials we've talked about today, and he'll he'll kind of put in uh, some of the uh, commercials from these serials into his videos. Uh, but Freakies, uh, there again, I, I can't say much about it because I never had it, and I only vaguely remember the commercials. But uh, Freakies, you know, just another in a long list of monsters and horror and the bizarre and sci-fi and fantasy being represented in in serials but when you had some of these serials like the like the originals like the original horror serials uh count chocula frankenberry and, and i still count booberry as an original even though it can kind of came along a couple years later but you had these they were you know based on horror characters and they were marketed to kids and they were one of the the glorious things about growing up in the 70s and 80s is that you know you could celebrate your love of the weird and the macabre and the bizarre and not just in your cartoons not just in your action figures and it will do some some episodes later talking about some of those cool uh cartoons sci-fi and horror fantasy cartoons of the 80s uh, 70s and 80s uh, we'll talk about some of the action figures, some of the cool ones that maybe weren't, you know, there was He-Man, Transformers, uh, G.I. Joe. Those were the big, big ones. But but there were some really cool action figures uh, in the horror and sci-fi genres that uh, maybe not a lot of kids had. My best friend had all of them. Uh, I was always so jealous as a kid growing up because they had all the coolest action figures. He had the Star Wars and all that, but but he had some other really cool things that we'll we'll kind of talk about in later episodes. But but it was a fun time to be a kid, a fun time to be alive there in the seventies and eighties. But there was just something about it in the eighties that uh, you didn't have the internet, you didn't have uh, social media to feel a part of. A group of people who loved similar things and to be able to show that hey I like gremlins because I've got that gremlin sticker that I got on my out of my gremlin cereal uh, slapped on my book cover at school or you know your best friend comes over to spend uh, spend the weekend and you know we're pulling down a box of of Ghostbuster cereal uh, because I like Ghostbusters and oh I love Ghostbusters too you know that sort of thing it just it made you feel a part of something bigger than yourself and to be able to share your love of, of all things horror and sci-fi and fantasy was just a, a special thing back then it's easy to do that now there's Facebook groups and you know there's you know Twitter accounts uh, where everybody can sit there and bitch and moan about whether they love or hate uh, some some movie it wasn't so easy back then to be able to share especially if you were a kid 
And uh, and that's what was fun about having all these horror and fantasy and sci-fi serials uh, that you could enjoy while you're enjoying some of your favorite fantasy sci-fi. And there were even some little horror-y laden, horror-y laden. Wow, that's that's a different kind of cartoon. Horror-y laden uh, cartoons back in the uh, the seventies and eighties, uh, but you could enjoy a bowl of cereal that represented what you loved as you were watching the cartoons that you loved as a kid, and that's why I, to this day, am a huge fan. Of any of those cereals, most of them aren't around anymore. Uh, like I said, Count Chocula, Frankenberry, and Booberry. Uh, not a big Booberry fan, but Count Chocula and Frankenberry. Every once in a while, I find them on the store shelves, and I get one, and I pour a big bowl and uh i raise a spoonful and uh and just uh i don't pour one out um but i do pour it down my gullet and remember a a simpler time full of delicious horror cereal and fantastic uh saturday mornings eating said cereal in front of the boob tube watching my favorite cartoons so I want to thank everyone for listening to me wax a little nostalgic on uh, this episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Uh, a fun episode I was looking forward to. You know, I am going to do a lot of reviews of movies and TV shows and hopefully, you know, get some more book stuff in here as well because uh, uh, I am a slow reader, so new stuff maybe. But, you know, kind of talk about some of my favorite uh, books I've read in the past and uh, some of my favorite short stories and stuff like that. Uh, I, I do want to talk a lot about that, but I also want to talk about, you know, things that aren't necessarily reviews, aren't necessarily uh, about books, but still kind of in that vein of the odd and the curious and the fantastic and the macabre. And there's so much out there um, that to talk about, uh, whether it's stuff from the past, whether it is stuff right now. And uh, I... Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to some more episodes like this. So thanks everyone for listening. Check out the Facebook page, Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on Facebook. We're going to be posting, you know, all the, uh, the podcast related stuff on there. Uh, I'm always scouring the internet for uh, trailers and articles and memes, you know, about uh, some of the great movies and TV shows out there and other horror, fantasy, and sci-fi related stuff. And of course, uh, do share this podcast with your friends and family if they love horror, fantasy, and sci-fi. And uh, please leave a review. Uh, five stars would be awesome, but whatever review you give us, um, uh, hopefully I earned it. And hopefully uh, hopefully you'll, like I said, share this with your friends and family that uh, love all the dark and mysterious and macabre and the frightful. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha.